Have you ever been assigned a patient that winds up being not so cut and dry? Like those patients in acute care or the nursing home who have dysphagia but struggle to complete exercises or compensatory strategies because of their intellectual or developmental disability. Or the patient with respiratory failure who develops respiratory-driven cardiac arrest, gets intubated for 10 plus days, and is on a trach and vent. Oh, and he also has a history of stroke, congestive heart failure, COPD, diabetes, and traumatic brain injury. No textbook or single webinar could ever prepare you for that. But we have something that can help you get there, and it's totally free. On May 19th, the MedSLP Collective is hosting another never-been-done-before virtual summit titled Advanced Therapy for Complex Patients, a Medical SLP's Guide. Learn critical concepts with actionable steps you can take for those not-so-cut-and-dry cases. You can earn up to 0.8 advanced ASHA CEUs if you are or you become a member of the MedSLP Collective, and the recording is also available inside of the Collective. Ready to scale your clinical skills? Go to medslpcollective.com forward slash summit to register today. In this episode of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, we chat with Dr. Mallory Moore, who is a certified SLP and Lana certified lymphedema therapist from Ozark, Missouri. Dr. Moore earned her clinical doctorate in speech language pathology from Nova Southeastern University in 2018, her master's in speech language pathology from Missouri State University in 2011, and her bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders from Missouri State University in 2009. She has worked in outpatient rehab throughout her clinical career at Cox Health Hospital, where she has focused her clinical practice towards serving individuals with dysphagia and voice disorders. She primarily works with individuals with head and neck cancer, including total laryngectomy care, various dysphonia cases, vocal cord dysfunction, and neurodegenerative diseases such as ALS and Parkinson's. She is a mentor and provides training for colleagues in laryngoscopy, video stroboscopy fees, video fluoroscopy, and TEP management. Dr. Moore is a per-course faculty member at Missouri State University. She also provides consultative work on system-wide development of medical speech pathology intervention that includes supporting the SLP's knowledge and skills needed to be successful in that environment. Dr. Moore serves on the board of directors for two nonprofits, Ozark Neurological Foundation, and Larry Speakeasy. This year, she had the opportunity to be a review committee member for the Head and Neck Cancer Division of the 2022 ASHA Convention. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, a mobile fees business owner, and founder of the MedSLP Collective. This podcast is all about delivering the latest evidence-based practice to medical SLPs everywhere. Whether you're a new clinician seeking tangible tools for treatment or a seasoned vet stuck in a rut, my goal is to help ditch the old school ways of the past that no longer serve you or your patients, to reinvigorate your passion for our field, to broaden your knowledge about our scope of practice, and to inspire you to practice at the top of your license. So if you're listening, I encourage you to swallow your pride, be open and willing to learn, because let's face it, your patients deserve that kind of care. With that, let's dive right in. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Good afternoon, Mallory. Hi. 
Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on. I, you know, I was telling you a little bit before we got on. I think, you know, sort of my whole mission and my whole vision is I just I love what we do. I love our field. I think we have such an impactful profession. And I just hate to see some people that just get, you know, sort of down on it, or sometimes you just get stuck in ruts. And I've really just loved to see all the cool things you've done in the last few years and a lot of personal development that you've gone through just to, you know, sort of get to where you are now. So um, thank you for joining me. And, and, I, and I'm excited to have you. So you want to tell the people a little bit about who you are? Sure. So my name is Mallory and I'm a speech language pathologist in Springfield, Missouri. So I live in Ozark, but I work in Springfield and they're two very close cities. And I've been practicing for, gosh, I think 11 years now. And I started my work at Cox Health Hospital and we have two main big hospitals here in our city, Cox Health and Mercy. And I've worked at both of them and they're both great, but um, Cox Health is where I started my clinical fellowship. And I've just been there ever since and have really had a great time developing my skills and kind of focusing what I love to do in speech pathology. And that's really serving adults um, with voice and dysphagia. And uh, one of the specialty practices that I do is, is working with people with head and neck cancer. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about, you know, sort of where that, that stemmed from and your passion with that? Yeah. So it was graduate school. <laughs> Uh, my professor was Dr. Alana Kozlowski, and she's amazing. And she's actually the department head now at Missouri State. And we started dysphagia, and I didn't even realize that was a part of speech language pathology when I when I got into um, or when I started studying everything. And the course was just I, I think you either love it or you hate it. And I just loved it. I, I thought everything was fascinating about it, and I was kind of hooked. And then. It was just this weird coincidence that we had our section on head and neck cancer. And then about, I want to say a month later, my uncle was actually diagnosed with stage four cancer, uh, tonsil cancer. And then unfortunately, uh, pretty soon after that, he passed away. He ended up having a heart attack from the chemotherapy. So it was really tough on the family. He lived down in Florida and I'm here in the middle of the country, but I remember my aunt giving me calls and you know, telling me that he's on this pig tube now and he can't eat and it's really painful to swallow. And, you know, at that time as a young graduate student, really, you know, just learning everything, um, you know, I did my best. And I, I talked with Dr. Cause and would ask her opinions and um, just try to guide as best as possible. But I think that's where my passion really started growing from that and just seeing how personal it was, you know, to my family. Um, and so, after that, I just kept kept doing different continuing education um, after that to try to really focus my practice in that area. I um, did uh, the course over in, um, I want to say it's Indiana, but with um, Blumsinger for mm -hmm. TEP management because mm -hmm. the laryngectomy population needed help. And we had a couple of people that did it, but then one was going to move and I wanted to be all in that. I thought it was amazing. So I did that, and then I worked on getting my extra training with myofascial release. And then I started my doctoral program, and I met Dr. Kelly Salmon. Awesome. And I think she's been on here before and talked a little bit about her work with lymphedema. And I remember when I met 
Kelly in our program, I just thought, oh my gosh, I want to be Kelly when I grow up. I think everybody that meets Kelly says that. (laughs) Yes. Everyone's like, I want to be Kelly Salmon. Yes. Oh my gosh. She's just, uh, she's just so amazing. She's, she's very talented. Um, I think with her patient care and with her knowledge base, you know, you can just, she's amazing. And so, you know, we had very similar passions with head and neck cancer and she was in a, an office purely for head and neck cancer with ENTs. And she was asking me if I did any lymphedema work. I'm like, no, I don't, you know, we have a whole, we have a separate lymphedema team, but, you know, tell me more about it. And so then I started looking into the, the um, different trainings for it, like the Norton school or close, there's a variety of different schools out there. And what was it last year? I feel like it's been so long, but last year I decided to, to go for it um, and to commit to the full training. They had um, a scholarship opportunity for the full CDT course. And um, I went for it and thankfully got it, which helped cut down on some of the cost of the course, not all of it, but some of it. And um, I completed that earlier this year. There's a lot of self-study for it. And yeah. <laughs> rest is history. Yeah, I love it. So, no, I love it so much. Talk a little bit about, you know, what what made you go back for your SLPD too? Oh, I think I just really love learning. And I knew pretty soon after finishing even our master's, you know, I, I, I had a feeling even during that time that I wanted to keep going, but I didn't know if I wanted to do a PhD route or SLBT, SLPD route. And I think it was maybe three or three years after I graduated, I had a student that I was supervising and I don't know, there was something about that experience that I felt like I wanted to learn more so I could be a better mentor and teach more. And, you know, that there's nothing like having a student to realize, oh gosh, well, why do I do it this way? And, and it makes yourself question what you're doing and dig deeper. And so I felt like the doctorate program would help me dig deeper as a clinician. And, you know, there's there's different doctoral paths that you can take. You can do a research doctorate or clinical or an educational doctorate. And I think all of the paths are great. It just kind of depends on what what your goals are. So, and my goal is to continue working in, in the clinical setting and then maybe do some teaching as well. Awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm always just curious why people go on. Some people, you know, it's, it's because their work is requiring it or they just have the passion and want the knowledge. And I love that. So sure. Yeah. So um, at Cox Health, we, so I'm in outpatient rehab mm-hmm. and um, our, our, we have a huge outpatient rehab. So we're divided between ortho and neuro. Um, and so I'm in the neuro section and, you know, we see you know, everybody we see, you know, voice, we have kids come through and I'll do some voice work with them and scopes and modifieds and all of that. And then head and neck cancer, but the lymphedema group, they are considered in the ortho group um, because lymphedema can be a, a variety of different things, not just from head and neck cancer. And so we have probably a team of maybe, I want to say five right now of their OTs and PTs on our lymphedema team. And they're just fabulous and we would collaborate quite a bit on these head and neck cancer patients, but there is such a big division of, okay, I have this head and neck cancer patient and I'm going to take care of their swallowing and their fibrosis, you know, to a certain extent with myofascial release. But then anytime I saw a patient with lymphedema, like, well, let's get you over there. And there, and I would still refer to them and still collaborate with them. But I felt so bad for our patients having to go through multiple evaluations and not having one central person that could 
could work on all of that for them. And especially when it it really does come back and it can impact their communication, can impact their swallowing. Um, so why not have somebody that can, you know, provide that full, full service? Um, and it's really, it's been eye-opening during my training for lymphedema and realizing that, gosh, some myofascial shouldn't be done yet on some of these patients. And even collaborating with my the other lymphedema, lymphedema team members now and kind of teaching them what I've learned from my individual program compared to theirs, um, we've been kind of surprised of some of the nuances and differences, but, but realizing, wow, maybe we should go about this a little bit of a different way. Yeah, that's interesting. So who else is on the team, Eller? It's it's occupational therapists, physical therapists. Um, we do have a head neck cancer coordinator, um, but they're kind of in a different building, but we collaborate with them and, and we have almost monthly meetings um, to talk about what can we do as a system uh, to make it more efficient for patients, you know, to get in. We kind of have a goal to try to do like um, almost like a stroke pathway, but for head and neck cancer, that's a big goal. And we're kind of doing baby steps to maybe eventually get to that just so that these patients can get the services that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So do the OT and PD have specific lymphedema training as well? They do. So all of our lymphedema therapists are LANA certified. Okay. And, and so and I'm now LANA certified too. Cool. Um, I went ahead and jumped in and I took the test, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, is quite the test. It's a hard test. Um, and for a speech pathologist, we really have to advocate for ourselves to take that test. When I first applied for it, so you have to complete 135 hours of your lymphedema school. And then from that, you apply. And on their website, it's, you know, these are the professionals that may apply. And it's PT, OT, physicians, nurse practitioners, so on and so forth, massage therapists. But speech pathology is not, not listed on there. And then what else is on there? Oh, it says there's a certain amount of, of time dedicated in your undergraduate or graduate studies in sciences, you know, anatomy and physiology. And so I, I messaged and I, I put in everything and I put that I'm a, they had an other option. So I'm the other option of speech pathology applying. And I did that after I completed my work with the Norton School. And they said, no, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing personal, nothing, nothing against speech-language pathologists. But, you know, typically you guys don't have the full body training for this like, like PTs and OTs do. And I said, okay. Um, but they said, hey, you can submit your transcript, transcripts and we can review it. Great. So I submit all my transcripts. And they, they came back and they still said, no, you know, we we just don't think that you may have the full preparation to, to take this test. And so I went back again and I looked at all of my transcripts again. And um, I went through and I wrote down each of the courses. You know, this is like forever ago from undergrad. So I'm really digging through all of my stuff. But I really had to go through and advocate of, well, you know, this course really did go through the full body. And, you know, um, when we do dysphagia, um, and I've taught dysphagia before, you know, sure, we are focusing on the head and neck, but we're not ignoring the rest of the body systems. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we're, you know, going through our neurology courses, we have to learn um, what are upper motor neurons and lower motor neurons and how does that affect the full body and what kind of reflexes can we expect if there's an impairment? So, so I really had to advocate and, and talk about all of that knowledge that we have, we really do have in our field. And then they approved. 
And they said, okay, I, they might've been, been done with me. Just I love it. Knowing I love constantly. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw in the towel if they said no after that too, but, but it was several emails going back and forth of advocating. And then they, they I think they're like, all right, good luck. Just do it. And so um, I, I took it and, and thankfully passed, passed the test and everything. Amazing. But yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I love I love that tenacity though, Mallory. I think I, you know, twofold. I I love that you fought so hard and you continued and just continued to push through. But I think on the other hand, it stinks that we're looked at as, you know, not having as much knowledge, which, you know, really depending on probably what program you went to or what your program looked like, you might not have, but there's also a lot of programs Absolutely. out there that do prepare students for all that information. So it stinks that you had to go through that, but I'm glad you persevered. <laughs> and it, I think it's good for, I was really excited about this interview because I think it's good for other speech pathologists to know, you know, if, if you get into that situation too, where, you know, you're really passionate about lymphedema work and, you know, you want to be board certified and get that LANA certification, I wouldn't give up on the first try or the second try, you know, advocate for what you know and, and the experiences that you have. Um, Gosh, I went through so far to, you know, put in like, I have an ACE award through ASHA. Yeah. <laughs> like they, yeah. they probably don't know what that means, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I put everything I could out there to, you know, try to help um, support that. I felt like I was ready and knowledgeable to do this test. And I think I've emailed, but I haven't heard anything back yet. But I think Dr. Salmon and I are the only two speech pathologists that have I don't know if we're the only two who have taken the test or who have passed the test. So, um, so I, I do wonder if, if maybe the opportunity yeah. has been passed over a few people and if they advocate more, you know, they, they'll get that board certification and that, you know, that really sets you apart a bit um, when people are looking for someone who's board certified that I, I think that's good in our field. So I hope people continue to look into that option. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, so how have you used that certification, you know, to quote unquote market yourself more? Does the hospital do that for you? Or have you sort of had to take that upon yourself? Cause I've had some conversations with some SLPs and they think, you know, well, my hospital does the marketing for me. And it's like, but does the hospital even know what you do and all the wonderful services you can offer patients? And I always see such a disconnect sometimes between, you know, what the hospitals are marketing the speech services as and what we really truly can do and bring to the table for patients. Sure. So I'm, I'm really lucky that my manager is also a speech language pathologist. And then the manager over ortho, he's a physical therapist. So, you know, they, they've been in the trenches. They know what it's like to work with patients and they understand these different certifications and what, what they actually mean for patients. So, Marketing wise, I will say because it's so new, the certification is so new, they haven't done a big like thing, <laughs> a big marketing thing at all, which is which is also okay. You know, it's what we're planning to do. We're gonna kind of have a, a sit down and meeting. And it's it's partially because we're we're so busy. I mean, everybody's, I don't know if it's just us, but I mean everybody's schedules are just just packed. Um, I'm actually Usually I work a half day Wednesday and after I'm done with this, I'm going to run back in because I've got a laryngectomy who's leaking and I'm going <laughs> to get his prosthesis changed and then pick up my kids. But I, I think we're going to have a meeting soon and kind of chat about what we'd kind of like to see our program look like for head and neck cancer. Our lymphedema team, when I let them know like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Lana certified now, they, they were, of 
over the moon. They were so excited. Um, and they said, so should we just send everyone your way for our head and neck cancer? I'm like, I would love that. I'm not taking away your business, but they have so much business for breast cancer and, and whatnot. You know, they, they've got, they've got tons of patients too. So it's, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be stealing business if you know what I mean. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be kind of freeing them, them up more, but it's really, it's kind of looking at what can we do schedule wise to make it happen. So we haven't gone for that big push, but I think our, I think our um, management would, would be really supportive. Usually the, the things we do is we usually just email kind of those key um, providers like our ENT group. They're fantastic. You know, I'll shoot them an email and say, hey, just so you know, um, I'm now certified in X, Y, and Z. And these are the things that I can help with our patients even more and kind of give a little educational blurb. And and they usually respond back and say, hey, wow, that's great. I'll make sure we start sending patients your way. So I did that after the TEP training and the myofascial release training, and they're really receptive to that. So good. That's awesome. I I love to hear that so much. And I think so many people don't remember to just do that little bit of outreach. You know, it's like everyone that we works with isn't mind readers, you know, and, and I think just doing that and letting people know, you know, Hey, I do offer the service now. I am, I, you know, can take some more, some more patients, I think is so huge for our field. Sure. And I think speech pathologists talking to each other and getting to know each other. Um, There's some great speech language pathologists up at in St. Louis at Barnes and they're, they're fantastic. And they'll just give me a call and say, Hey, send someone your way because we're kind of, I don't want to say rural. I mean, we're, we're a larger city, but we have a lot of rural cities around us where they really don't have access to good healthcare. I have some patients that drive two hours, you know, to come and see me and, um, or any of our clinicians, you know, um, but it's just because they don't have anything really that close to home. And even, you know, we may offer a telemedicine option, but they, they may just need to physically come for these appointments. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, when you get to know, and you start collaborating with other therapists, you know, you're able to get them to services closer as, as close as possible to home. So um, I really want to reach out to, you know, we're, we're right near Arkansas, I really want to reach out to that uh, neighboring state and see, you know, who's lymphedema certified there and, and just try to make these good connections. Yeah. I love that. I can tell you about the course. Yeah. Perfect. The Norton course. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. The Norton course is amazing. I can't really say much about other courses because I haven't taken them, but I'm sure they're fabulous. A lot of the PTs and OTs at our facility, they've gone through the close training. So I'm a little bit biased towards Norton because I just went to it and it was great. So, but I'm sure other ones are, are fantastic too. But I think if somebody is wanting to look into training for lymphedema, you have to really kind of think about what are your goals. And so just for me knowing Dr. Salmon and, you know, seeing her whole growth experience, I really felt like it was the best option for me to do the full CDD, CDT training. And so what that is, is that there are some abbreviated courses, so to speak, where they're really focusing just on the head and neck. Um, And you'll get some foundational knowledge about lymphedema, um, but they're really focusing on head and neck. The CDT course is the whole body. You're looking at the whole body system and it's very, very in-depth of anatomy, physiology of the lymphatic system and the venous system. And it's pretty intensive. You do I think the total training is 135 hours, but part of that is 
at home. You know, you have at home training that you do. Um, you have online work. You have textbooks to read. You have research articles to read. Um, you're taking tests, and you do all of that work before you even go to the live course. And then the live course, I think it was nine days long, and we were there from eight in the morning until maybe seven o'clock in the evening. Oh and you know, you have lunch and everything, but I think I went to bed dreaming and thinking about lymphedema and I woke up thinking about lymphedema. Yeah. Um, and it, it was really cool though. And it was neat uh, being amongst uh, PTs and OTs. I was the only speech pathologist in the group, which I wasn't really surprised about. Um, I was surprised there wasn't any massage therapist in our group, but I think that kind of just varies on state to state, but but you go and you do, you know, kind of more of the academic style. You review some of the foundations and principles, um, and then you do some some of those tests there still, um, because they really want to make sure that you have a good, solid understanding, um, a good foundation of the lymphatic system, because um, it can be dangerous work. We actually had a gal in our class. Um, she was just lovely, and I worked on her one day. And um, about an hour after we finished, her heart rate just just skyrocketed and up to like 180. Oh my God. And um, she felt really sick. She thought I was going to pass out. So we called an ambulance, had her laying down on the floor, you know, tending to her and everything. And the training was actually in Kansas City where my family lives. So I went with her <laughs> to the hospital because I know that system and she wasn't from anywhere near. So she was all alone, you know, in the state. But what, what we didn't know before we did the treatment is that she actually was kind of being worked up for a heart condition. Um, and I won't go into, uh, you know, all of her personal details, but thankfully she was perfectly fine. There was no intervention that was needed, maybe a little hydration because um, lymphedema can, uh, treatment can dehydrate you when you're doing the manual lymph drainage, but it was really eye-opening of, you know, this is a pretty healthy individual, Yeah, but she has this little cardiac um, arrhythmia that's been happening. And she thought, oh, it's no big deal. Like, you know, doctors say I'm fine, but oh yeah, this really had a big impact on her. So, um, and I firsthand got to see that. So. Did. Did. So. Um, so, and my, my classmates were all joking that I did too, too, too good of a job. Yes. Um, completely. Yeah. So, yeah. Completely. Um, yeah. I'm glad she's, she's fine and she's doing fine. And I would hope it, would never happen to her again, but it was also a very, I think a good experience for me. Um, if you know what I'm saying that I think I'm very protective of my patients. Um, so my patients that I have that I do lymphedema training with, I, um, or not training, but lymphedema work with, I, if they have any cardiac history, I'm messaging their cardiologist and saying, Hey, this is what lymphedema therapy looks like. And our goal is to get this lymphatic fluid to go back and reabsorb into the venous system. So it's going to impact the heart. Um, I check in with their, if they have a kidney doctor, their primary care, you know, I'm going through the whole works to make sure that this is safe for patients. And then I tell them like, Hey, you know, just so you know, we want to make sure that you're safe for this. So, so that was interesting with training. I will say that uh, this training is very, uh, you have to be very comfortable um, and kind of prepared mentally before going into this. Cause I think most of our trainings, um, you know, we go and we sit at a table and we learn and maybe there's an interactive portion, but usually not too much for this, you know, you're, you're getting on a massage table and, um, you're draped with 
with like a uh, not a towel, but you know a, a sheet, and you're you're pretty much down to maybe like a sports bra and underwear, and sometimes one of those is off, and sometimes the other one's off, and you know you're really hands on and you're you're working with the body. So uh, that was something I kind of had to mentally prep for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before going in, I think all the PTs and OTs were like, ah, no big deal. We got this. We do this all the time. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is okay. Yeah, that's where we're going. All right. <laughs> okay, there. Like we're here. We're we're <laughs> just gonna yeah, we're doing this. So cool, great. But it was great. It was it was a good learning experience. You know, you work on for the the full CDT course. You work on the whole body. You learn manual lymph drainage, which there's different types of massage work, I guess you could say massage work, but there's types of movements that you do with your hand across the skin to help move that lymphatic uh, fluid back up to the venous system. And you do it in a very, a very specific way so that we're, we're draining appropriately. Um, You kind of think of the body, like if somebody has lymphedema, that there's a car accident and maybe your car's broken down and something's broken. And so when that happens, then usually there's a big traffic jam behind it. And so that's the lymphedema. That's all that edema coming through. Well, if you just keep pushing that into the car accident, into all that traffic, it's just going to keep building. So you have to learn how to move all those front cars out of the way. And that's how you can get everything to reabsorb appropriately. So they teach you how to do that. Interesting. It's a great analogy, Mallory. Yeah. 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 They teach you how to do that. Um, you learn a lot about skincare, about wounds, um, because these patients are really prone to cellulitis. They're prone to infections, fungal infections, to look for that, to collaborate with your physicians for that. Um, and then you learn about bandaging. And um, that's something I'm still really working on, my finesse for head head and neck bandaging. Uh, that's, a, I think, a little trickier yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, than, than the arms and legs. Not to say that those aren't tricky. Those are, those can be tricky too, but you know, you have to mind, mind your airway, mind your trachea, not put too much pressure there. So, um, so there's a lot of different considerations with head and neck, but it's an amazing course. And, you know, by the end of it, I definitely felt prepared and equipped to start working with patients, but definitely recognize the importance of continuing to you know, work with other people. And, you know, I've messaged Dr. Salmon several times and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. I highly recommend. I love it. love it. If for people, if they're interested in, in the course to definitely look for scholarship opportunities because yeah. they usually run. Oh, awesome. Those different. Yeah. Um, and I think they're supported by different um, vendors that, that are pretty common within the lymphedema world. And so I think when I applied for it, I think it was a different vendor, but I think it's always good to kind of keep an eye out and look for, for those opportunities to help cut down the cost and then, then really advocate with your work if, you know, they'll cover anything else with it, you know, travel or tuition or anything like that. Cause it's pretty expensive course. It's about $3,000. Yeah. Try to think what else with the course. Those are the big highlights. All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess, so let's sort of talk about the integration of that now into your, into your clinical practice. What did that look like? Sure. So um, I had a handful of, of head neck cancer patients um, on my schedule and, you know, some of them have lymphedema and some of them, some of them don't. And the ones that, that did, I started talking with them more about it. Um, Some of them had already been through 
maybe our lymphedema program, or maybe they're on the fence, um, you know, going through um, any type of cancer, it's a lot of appointments. It's a lot to manage and handle. And so sometimes people put things on the back burner, especially if it's kind of mild. So for, for some of them, I've been able to convince them, Hey, you know, let's really get into this. Let's try this. Um, and you know, I've, I've started working with them after getting the medical clearance from, from the physicians and everything and started integrating it into my practice. Um, the lymphedema team has been wonderful and lets me use their rooms because they've got the massage table that, that you need to have the patient laying down on while you're doing the work. Um, that's pretty amazing. Uh, my first patient that I did my work with, we just had this little, little lymphedema right above his surgical scar line, just a little bit. And we were able to decongest it. And um, when he got up, he's like, where'd it go? Um, like, it's like magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty neat um, that it's, it's still just collaborating with our current lymphedema team um, because they're connected with all of the vendors and they have that experience still, you know, a lot of them have been through, you know, they're LANA certified and they've, they've done additional coursework for head and neck cancer. So I look to them as my mentors, you know, going through this and working with my patients, but it's, it's pretty amazing to start doing this with patients and, and to see that immediate change with them. I think in our field, we really don't get that all the time. You know, we don't get to see that big, oh my gosh, that one session just did it. You know, it, it usually takes time because um, it's, you know, we're working on um, a new neural pathway for them or, you know, it, it just takes time to make those changes happen or to, to make that strength, you know, come back for them to be successful in swallowing or, you know, what have you. And um, for this, it was it's just neat to see it almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, is this a course that you think any SLP that's working with head and neck cancer should, should go through? Yeah, I think it's great. I know that there's courses specific to, to head and neck cancer. And I think those are fantastic and they're on my to-do list. I want to take all of them. I want to go to every single one of them. Um, But I'm really glad that I've done the full CDT course. I think it's, I guess it's hard for me to say, cause I'm not on the other side of it. You know, I haven't just taken purely that only head and neck lymphedema course. So I, I don't know if that's fair, but I do feel like the additional time spent in anatomy and physiology and really getting that in-depth knowledge and understanding of the lymphatic system from the full course was so helpful. So I, I'd encourage SLPs to look into it. Yeah. I think there's, there's just so much to learn about, you know, body systems and everything, like you said, with PT and OT that they get a ton of, and, you know, some programs we do get a little bit of it, but I just, every time I take another course and something like that, I just find it so fascinating. And I'm just like, ah, you know, that we need to know more about this. Like we need to know more of how this integrates into what we do all the time. So absolutely. We were, (laughs) we were, we were joking a little bit at the course because, you know, I'm the lone speech pathologist. And so um, you know, they got to pick on me a little bit, which is okay. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, different patient populations and they were saying, so are you going to, you know, are you going to, you know, just work with everybody now? Like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, really my license in my, in my practice says I need to, I work with people with communication disorders and swallowing disorders. And that's what I serve. So I really can't branch out, even though I have the knowledge and skills to do so. If I want to become like a massage therapist, therapist or a physical therapist, then I could do that. But um, really, I, you know, I need to stick with what, you know, my ASHA speech pathology guidelines are of, of staying within, in, within my scope of practice. Um, but still, 
um, with that, they were trying to find creative solutions for me. And uh, one of the PTs I was sitting with, he goes, okay, okay. So what if, what if you have someone that signs for, for communication, their ASL? I'm like, okay. And they said, what if they get lymphedema in their arms? I'm like, I guess technically I could treat that. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, the that, that is a here. point. That is a solid point. Yeah. I will give you that. I didn't think of that. So that's yeah. a possibility. Yes. I think that may never happen in my career, but I'm here for it if that happens. Right, right. So, uh, pretty funny stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. This is so fascinating, Mallory. I know, you know, Kelly was the lone Lana certified one until you came along. So I'm sure she's happy to share the, share it with you now. Yes. I think she was maybe the first person I messaged and said, Kelly, it's real. It happened. And she, she was so excited. She's just, she's an awesome mentor and, yeah. and a great speech pathologist. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And anything else you want to share Mallory? And I, I just love all of this. So do you have any questions? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, I think you answered all of mine and, you know, I, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about the coursework. And like I said, I've just loved, you know, seeing your journey and, and I just love watching any SLP that just continues to go on for more and more education and just seek out the answers that they need to, you know, really make the biggest impact they can with their patients. Cause I just, you know, I think we do such an amazing job and, but I know we can do so much better and there's so many bigger things that are out there for us too. So absolutely. There's always room to grow and to learn and you know, collaborating with other, you know, professionals too. It's just, it's, it's really neat when you get it all working together and then you're seeing that progress for the patient. Cause that's what it's about. That's why we all went into this field is to help people. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mallory. I appreciate yeah. it so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. To download the show notes from this episode, please visit swallowyourpridepodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our email so that you'll never miss another episode. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share it on social media with your friends and colleagues, because that is what keeps these episodes coming. If you'd like to be a guest, share feedback, or request a topic to be discussed on the show, please email podcast at TeresaRichard.com. Special credit to Danny V. Socrates for her amazing audio and editing skills. As always, thanks so much for listening and see you next week.